and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Davaoki, David Brothers, Chips Darsky, and myself, Christopher Butcher, you can follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. This week, this week it comes the book that I think we've mentioned the most on this podcast without actually having ever read on this podcast, and that book is Tokyo Tarareba Girls by Akiko Higashimura, and it's it's a favorite of I think all of us actually on the podcast. <laughs> we all really liked it, and we were we were started talking about it before. It's like who doesn't well, own this book? Anticlimactic except... beginning, Chris. Sorry, well, we don't know what Chip <laughs> thinks. That's what I'm getting to. Like we picked this because we really like it, and usually there's a bit more mystery. Usually there's a bit more intrigue. But I don't know if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us mention the book. I think we've mentioned it over 20 times, and then never read it. So when we were doing books last time, I was like, we just gotta just gotta pick this book and yeah. see if Chip likes it or not. I am excited to see if likes it or not. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> so on that note, Tokyo Tarareba Girls, number one, because we like to do this, here's what the back of the book says. I spent all my time wondering what if, then one day I woke up and I was 33. Rinko doesn't think she's bad looking, but before she knew it, she was 30 something and single. Now she wants to get married by the time the Tokyo Olympics rolls around in six years, but that might be easier said than done. It is a story about finding romance in your 30s. It is tied to the Olympics, and I'm going to be a little bit real for just one second. I was a little terrified to pick this book because it was so much about finding somebody before the Olympics, and then the Olympics got delayed a year, and then who knows what was going to happen. But now that the Olympics are like firmly done and no one got hurt, well... Kinda. Got a lot hurt. of people got hurt, Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris, sorry. Jesus. Sorry. Did, could have, watch did you not think that this could have been way, way worse than the, than it was? Did you not think True. it could not yeah. have gone? Well, yeah. Like, there was no bombings or anything. There was no, like, yeah, things are not great following the Olympics, but in the lead up to, I think there was so much more tension around it. I was personally, mm. like, really, like, anticipating something going wrong, which might just be more about me than the world. But still, I was like, a little afraid to pick this book. And now that it's in the rearview mirror and it's so Olympic centric, I feel I think it feels like a little bit safer and a little bit better to, to talk about it now. It's barely, it's not really Olympic centric. Like none of them are athletes or anything. It's just like, it's an arbitrary <laughs> sports date. happening in this, in this manga. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's just still, but that's the thing though. It's that it's not about like, if this was an Olympic book and there was about the struggles of somebody, sure. But it's so light in that way. It's like, I got to get married before the Olympics. And if something really mm-hmm. bad had happened at the Olympics and that's the book we're reading and talking about how they have to get married before the Olympics, it would just seem so light. You know what I mean? Like so mm-hmm. unfair. So I had some anxiety. I'm willing to accept chips too harsh criticism that it was about me. <laughs> but I will say, I'm glad that it's in the rear view. We can actually do this book now and talk about it. Tokyo Tarareba Girls. It's about people trying to find love. They're people in their 30s waking up to the idea that maybe they've been going about it wrong. Or maybe they haven't, and they just have different priorities. And there's so much to talk about in this book that I'm just going to old school turn it over to y'all to get your takes on Tokyo Tarareba Girls. And I will start alphabetically with our good friend, Deb Aoki. Deb, what did you think of Tokyo Tarareba Girls? Oh, no, you're not going to start with a girl, are you? <laughs> uh, I wasn't thinking about that. I really just see you as a talented, smart person. Well, they're not going to start with me, the Olympic athlete. Yeah, yeah. that would be unfair. But I did have a moment. I was like, wait, David comes before Deb in the alphabet. What is he doing? <laughs> Last names. Last names. Fine. Who wants to go first that's not Deb? I'll jump on the grenade. 
Go for it. Thank right. you. Because this is a favorite series, like Chris spoiled earlier in his insensitive <laughs> introduction. <laughs> this was the series where like, I kind of knew about Akiko Higashimura, but this was the one where I was like, oh no, she's writing comics about people who are more or less my age going through <laughs> things that I'm more or less going through, mm-hmm. uh, which made this like extremely good. Like This was probably my favorite ongoing manga while it was happening, but also like routinely emotionally harrowing. <laughs> this started coming out, it was serialized online first, and I think that started when I was living in mm. Portland in 2017. I was having a bad time, and dating in Portland, weird, dating in general, weird, and then this, a whole manga about like dating anxieties in your 30s was sort of like the icing on the cake, but it was so <laughs> well executed and so funny to me, the way it sort of like exploded these women's troubles their dramas and like each woman has like a different type of relationship drama going on that it made it both like a something to check myself against like in terms Mm. of like what i'm looking for romantically how i approach things you know how i communicate and then also to something to read for fun because like the soap opera was really good like i really cared about these three ladies and how they had been friends since they were kids and all the different flashbacks and nerdy stuff that happened. We had to read volumes one through three for the assignment, but this is like my second and a half time through the book, I think. So it's really fuzzy on what happens mm. when. Um, yeah. But I remember there being a Gundam joke very early that kind of set the tone. <laughs> of like, What's the this Gundam is... joke? I missed that. That flew completely over my head. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like a Hail Zeon like panel reaction at one point very early. <laughs> And it's like, this is going to be a romantic drama, but like a deeply nerdy one. Mm. And it actually has one of my favorite Batman jokes when she buries every man who's mentioned The Dark Knight on a date and says that like all men bring it up and think it's the best movie ever. This might be slightly after volume three. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I don't remember four. that. Yeah, it's volume four. I would have stopped reading after that, so I'm glad <laughs> it came later. It's just a great... like caricature of romantic drama with a lot of heart and, and an increasingly rude host. And I think it adds <laughs> up to like a package that's like really, I don't know, really good comics making. Hmm. I agree with that. I actually liked this so much that uh, I was reading it digitally when it came out as well. And I didn't really like digital comics, but I wanted to give this one a go because I heard it was so good. And I ended up buying them all like, like digitally, hmm. not being wow. able to wait for printed editions or anything like that and like binging them i think i read the whole nine volumes in like two or three days i was so taken with it it's just like it was so fresh it was such a fresh point of view in terms of the comics i was reading and even the other jose comics that i had read like (laughs) they tended to be a little bit more you know harsh let's say as some of Mm -hmm. the some of the the books that we've covered on the podcast have been kyoko kozaki harsh you know what i mean and this is like harsh but like sort of in a loving way (laughs) if you know what i mean like (laughs) tough love yeah, but I really loved it. I really loved it. I loved the art. So yeah, I totally, I totally empathize with you there. Like it's just so compelling. And even though I was a little bit, even when I started, I was a little bit ahead of the age curve, unfortunately, of the of the women in their thirties. <laughs> I was still like very relevant for me, but also the people around me that I, you know, I cared about. So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was pretty good that way. Yeah, I should say for context. Should... Okay, oh, yes, for context, for ah. context. Yeah, like I grew up on Sin City and X Men comics, so not a lot of romance comics in my history. Oh, wow. Mm. So that's, I think, partly why it was such a breath of fresh air, is that like I normally don't read 
relationship drama because it's not like my preferred type. The, of... the first Sin City is a total relationship drama, it's, but it's <laughs> punctuated by violence. Yeah, it's like oh, we get some relationship drama and then like thirty pages of murder. Like yeah, well, I like physical violence, not emotional <laughs> violence. All right, all right. Here's two pages of relationship drama with Gwen and Peter, and then a twenty-page fight sequence. Like yeah, it's not exactly the same thing, bro. Yeah. Would you please stop calling me bro? <laughs> yes. It was it interesting to hear what what dating felt like or the anxieties that they felt like from a women's from a woman's point of view? Definitely, especially the like some of it felt very Japanese, like the way they were like seeking the husband and like the reasons why and kind of the expectations like for them. Like 33 being over the hill feels like absurd to me but also i'm turning 38 in a couple of months you know (laughs) so maybe i'm a little bit biased but i understood the pressures even if i don't share the same pressure Mm. because a lot of this is you know like society says you have to do x y or z by the time you know you're 30 years old by the time you're 40 years old or this or that and life doesn't really work on a script yeah i mean your your biological clock does <laughs> that's more of a deadline, if anything. That's like the, the space you have to move in there, you know? Yeah. It's I think different for guys. I think yeah, you know, sixty year old, seventy year old still fathering children, that is a different situation than we than the women in this book uh, are finding themselves up against for sure. I mean they're not they're what's interesting about this is that even they're talking about, you know, being in their thirties and stuff like that, but typically in these types of books, they'll say, oh, but I want to be a mom. Oh, I want to be married. Oh, I want to have a family. This never comes up for these mm. girls. They are totally, they're totally fine with being, you know, just like, they just want love. They don't yeah. necessarily want to be, get, get settled down, so to speak. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that, that's not part of the dream, right? And it's just like, I just want to find somebody to be with who isn't going to be a, you know, a jerk mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and yeah it gets harder okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and i bring this up not not as a rebuttal but like also there's a really good pointed moment in the book where it's like i don't want to be with the jerk am i the jerk yes. uh, <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like have i been the jerk all along yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That, that is like no mercy higashimura shows no oh mercy gosh. to anybody in that book Oh, and, and even even in real life, like like the the backups where she talks about her friends and like fellow like manga Ooh. creators and stuff. I'm just like, wow, she's just going all in. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a part where they're like in the back where the one of the girls, one of his her friends says, "This is a horror manga." <laughs> yep, <laughs> so uh, I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah, because it's one of those things you can't read this and not kind of think about like your own dating life mm. for good or yeah. for ill. Like, you know, oh, like I had such a close time with this person 10 years ago. What if they came back? Or, you know, I thought this person liked me a lot and then it turns out they didn't. And now I'm stuck on a rooftop with them while they tell me they want to propose to my assistant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Does this does this resonate differently for you two, the married people in uh, in this foursome? Huh. Hmm. I thought back about my own relationship. Hmm? I didn't. I never felt like this, and I, I had a. Uh, 
I Would yeah, it, I've yeah, you chip, you go. You're straight. You're this is probably closer. <laughs> Yeah. Let me look. All right, let me give you the straight guy perspective. All right. There. Oh, thank God! Finally, <laughs> it stressed me up from the other side. Oh, mm. because I remember dating and and having to navigate the expectations of the women I was going on the dates with, mm-hmm. and and trying to read them and trying to figure out if I am leading them on by not like you know being like the the boyfriend mater- husband material if we're just having fun or you know if i come on too strong is she gonna think wedding bells like she's thinking babies like i felt the stress on the other side of it in mm. terms of the the expectations and, and most of my guy friends were kind of the same like in our you know t- dating in our 20s you know i, I settled down with my my wife I met her when I was like 30, 31, but, but, you know, the period before that, a lot of dating and it's super stressful just in terms of navigating expectations on both sides. So, yeah. so I, I had that here. Um, and I, I, I should say too, since I'm, we're already launching into it, I love this. Yay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think ultimately so, so I mean, the high, the high watermark so far over our podcast for me has been "Way of the House Husband." Mm-hmm. This topped it. Wow! But it took a couple of volumes to top it because because once mm. once once it really kind of gets going, you realize how one note joke "Way of the House Husband" is, and this is not that at all. Like yeah. the the creator finds so many new ways to kind of keep it fresh and interesting and. You really, really get invested in the story and the characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm also I'm, I'm a real uh, Sex in the City guy. <laughs> Same. You know, David mentioning that this feels very specific, maybe very Japanese. Mm-hmm. The fact that all three of them are 33 and all thinking they need to find someone. There's no Samantha here. Not yet. Not For... okay. Sure. Not yet. All right. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't read ahead. Who is Samantha? How does that? For our listeners who don't watch Sex in the City, of course. So, Samantha I mean, is so the older character. woman, right? Who's who's just doesn't give a shit, and she's sexually active. Like, yeah, yeah. Best character. Marriage is she's not the in best her mind. Character, I think we can all agree. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's various degrees uh, amongst uh, amongst the ladies, mm-hmm. in, in terms of what they're looking for, in terms of like a partner or not a partner. They kind of go on and off, men. Whereas here, it's like. Even though they're three different uh, types of women, they all have the same goal and they all have the same fear, which I found interesting because that that makes it feel more like, like 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 you're saying, like possibly more Japanese, I guess. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're kind of unified towards <laughs> Tokyo 2020 <laughs> <laughs> and and this 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 weird deadline. Yeah, no, I I I loved it. I immediately bought volume four. Oh, awesome man yeah. that's the yeah, chip yeah. seal of approval right there yeah yeah i mean well especially the cliffhanger <laughs> it, it might be one of the best cliffhangers i've ever read in a book because it's not because it's a subtle cliffhanger at the, end, the, end, of of, at the end of volume three yeah the the end of volume three is you know she's she's met this this hunk oh uh, wrinkles met this hunk and they just watched green card together and things are going great. And he just makes the suggestion that she cut her hair to be like yeah. Andy McDowell. <laughs> That's the end of the volume. And it's such a, <laughs> you know, normally my cliffhanger is like, oh my God, he's going to die. Oh my God. Like it turns out she's a sister. 
that was just like just such a nice, weird, subtle thing to kind of bring me back to volume four. That's mm. a horror manga. Yeah, and also it reminded me when I was 18 and I suggested my first girlfriend cut her hair like Betty Page, and then it was a <laughs> terrible haircut, and uh, and I felt really, really bad. Not everyone can pull off bangs. <laughs> no, it's true. I think something that makes that cliffhanger extra good is just a few pages earlier, there's a really cute drawing of her with that hair, like with her current haircut. Yeah. To like oh, emphasize, yeah. like there's nothing wrong, even remotely, with who she is or how she looks. No. Moreover, she's decided to let herself be in this relationship. She's decided that she's okay with the things the way they are. And it ends with a subtle note of him being like, you should change a little bit for me. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's like, oh, you've gotten to a place where it's comfortable. And as a writer, you've just pulled the rug out a little bit and made her uncomfortable again in a way that she couldn't see coming. And you as a reader maybe couldn't see coming either. I yeah. think that that's really good. That's so good. I think because you instinctively root for the characters in this book to where when she finds someone, you're like, oh, this is it. Like, yeah. Olympics, done and done. And then there's that <laughs> twist of the knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is a horror manga, man. <laughs> yeah. I was really fascinated by Key, too, because when the characters brought in, I was immediately reminded of, was it George from Paradise Kiss? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, one of these guys. Oh, I'm going to hate this book. But as it goes on, it could, because it's a much lighter book, and mm-hmm. it's played for kind of a lot more laughs, and there's a lot more kind of fun kind of dynamics. I actually I actually liked when he'd show up and make <laughs> everything uncomfortable and Mm. crappy and like the tender <laughs> flashbacks to when they had sex i'm just like oh this is actually kind of a sexy book as well like yeah without showing anything tender is a really good word for it but yeah. i like that he's also he's like the bully that kind of pushes the women into action a little bit yeah <laughs> like he keeps them sharp you know oh mostly out of spite <laughs> yeah i'm just looking it up right now that that, that one interaction he has with her where she mm-hmm. talks about calamity being opportunity, and he says, at your age, an opportunity is a calamity. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's just like, my mind just exploded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he does not <laughs> pull any punches. <laughs> no. So fascinating. So we all hated him when he first threw up and then sort of grew to love him, but even on reading this, I was oh, like, I don't, yeah. no, he's still kind of an ass. Like, yeah, no, he's a total ass. Like, I would even say hate. Yeah. You would say or wouldn't say? I'm sorry. I wouldn't. He, no. like, I get why people dislike him, but I think the story needs him. And especially the women kind of need this kind of character to bounce off of. Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's, yeah. Yeah. And he's sort of like the, the anti goal in a way. They're like, I want to get married. Not like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. She does really, she does kind of like do this interesting thing where she gives you a little hint that he's got some secrets. And yeah. that might be the reason why he is so acidic to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't see that till further on. I, I was surprised at the part where, you know, like the part where they end up on volume one, where they actually end up bed together. You're like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. After that frank conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I like that because it showed that like, hmm, the things that are good about him that don't make me hate him are mm-hmm. that he at least like walks the walk in mm-hmm. addition to talking the talk. He's like, yeah, like, like fuck people. Like, why are you doing, like, why are you being so weird and sitting alone in a bar and not going out and meeting people like a little pub? Like let's have sex. I'll show you. It's not that big a deal. And then she spends the entire next volume obsessing over it 
Whereas for him, it's like, that's a thing that I did. And it was like, we find it later. Nice. And he enjoyed it, but it's also mm-hmm. not, he's not going to allow that part to define his whole relationship with her because she, he still has other problems with her, which some of which are legit and some of which are about his own shit, but we get to that much later. But like, I will say that there's some really, one of the things that I like so much about this is that the author is doing their best to take all of the tropes out of this book, but also out of dating and relationships in general Mm. and being, it's like, if you want to meet people, go to where people are. And if you don't want to meet people, keep going to your shitty izakaya every night and getting (laughs) wasted, but don't pretend you want to do one. If you keep doing the other. That I can actually super, super relate to. You could but... just text me next time, Chris. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> the other stuff is just like, actually, you are carrying around a lot of toxic attitudes about dating and love and relationships and marriage and whatever that come out in shitty, weird ways that it's not just self-sabotage. Like, although this book is the cheapest therapy you could ask for if you're if you're curious about dating, it's yeah. only like. 90 bucks it's probably a half an hour of a good therapist so <laughs> but like straight up i think i think that pe- people are carrying a lot, around a lot of ideas that are not healthy and she does her best to both in the text and in the subtext deal with them and the text part is like she made the lead character a writer who writes romantic things and it's just like has multiple sequences where they tear her writing apart for being too simple, too like shoujo manga, too reliant on tropes, too much about like going back to the well for the the same things all the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was good as a fellow creator. Did you, did that ring true for you? Uh, did it ring or no? Nah? Uh, sorry. Which sorry. part? Like, it, like, like, so sorry, I could have phrased that better. She's just going in and it's like, she has to sit down with him at the hospital and it's like, here's the six rules. If I get you to come back on this thing, no, this, no, that, no other. And her internal monologue is, Oh my God, I do do all those things all the time. And they are kind of hackneyed. Yeah. I write all those. Those are my favorite go-to plot twists. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But also she is a writer that has employed those exact plot twists in her own work and may even continue to in this work. Like no stupid coincidences. That is like one of the rules there. But then her girlfriend is, you know, her ex is the guy that's friends with the with Key, with the model. Yeah. And you're just sort of like, that's that's a pretty close coincidence you're doing right there, isn't it? And it's <laughs> sort of meta commentary on the book itself, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, bad coincidences are better than good coincidences in writing. Mm. But I, I appreciate the fact that there's no indication that she is some secret genius at her job that's waiting to get unlocked. Mm. Yeah. Like, like the story is basically like, oh yeah, like she's seeing her limitations here, and she's, you know, she's being outwritten by people younger than her, and maybe her references are dated, and maybe she can't actually catch up, and maybe she's just gonna be doing these kind of these web shows as her career, which also puts the pressure on her to like kind of find someone as well, because yeah. there's there's also like the weird financial pressure that kind of comes with it. Yeah, I really appreciate that part. Yeah, the relative normalcy, I think, is partly why it's so good. I mean, a lot of why it's so good, actually, because even though it's in the entertainment business, like the problems are very comprehensible, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Like this book taught me a lot about, or rather, it made me think about communication a lot. Like in volume two, after they sleep together, and she's like, you know, was he just like toying with me? And then, like, the little mascots are like, people don't really go to 33-year-old women for, like, 
fooling around. You know, they'd go to like a young, fresh model and they're almost trying to like talk her into just talking to him about it. You know, like, what are we doing here? But she doesn't have the the confidence or the experience and she kind of gets in her head. But the the liver and the the cod rope, the cod rope, the cod sperm, let's put it that way. Yeah. Says, so it's like, wait, that's right. What if he just gave into temptation? Yeah. Yeah. What if he yeah. just wanted it just he was drunk, he was horny, you were available, he just did it. It didn't mean mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything, Rinko. It doesn't mean he loves you. It doesn't mean he wants to date you. Get real. So, <laughs> so we should be clear that several of the characters in this book have hallucinations where their favorite Izakaya pub snack come to life and give them exceptionally harsh dating advice. One of them is some sort of liver preparation and one of them is pod sperm. It's, it's a snack in Japan. You're just going to have to trust us. Anyway, that's where you the You don't have to call it cod sperm. <laughs> you don't. Like, that's the translation. We could call it lots of different things. Cod milt, I think, is what they use. Yeah, yeah that's the, what they uh, refer to it as. <laughs> but I, didn't re- I didn't realize it was cod sperm. You can eat a lot of things in Izakaya's in Japan. All right. They talk I've to had you, it. They talk it's, to her. It's nothing great. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah, but <laughs> that's something that happens in the book is that these, like, they have, I guess it's their internal monologue given voice, but I actually kind of thought, particularly because those characters appear in the autobiographical segments at the end, that it is Higa Shimura as an author coming in and yelling at the lead character. Did yeah. you get that sense? <laughs> I yeah. think sometimes you just have a good mascot. <laughs> like, I mean, it's definitely, th- I think it's totally what you're saying too, but I don't think it's like a hundred percent author's voice. Mm, I don't think so either. You know, they're kind of the this isn't like a devil's advocate kind of, kind of a foil to yeah. the main character and her friends. But in the back, in the back matter, I think it's definitely the author's it's a way to filter her more rude thoughts through other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Also they're very, they're easy to draw. It's, it's a rounded square and a squiggly cloud looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Adorable. <laughs> and considering how much details in the rest of the art, like she probably earned the break. Yeah, <laughs> no <did>. kidding. <laughs> I, I hate them, though. I have to be honest. With oh, yeah. Oh, really? No. <laughs> they're they're designed to be hated. Yeah, they're they're kind of like toxic thoughts given form, mm. and it's like even if they're right, that's not a that is not self care. <laughs> that is not yeah. self care. No, you know what I mean. Like, there's ways to be kinder to yourself and also kick your own butt. You know what I mean. And this is this is not that. I posted on my newsletter today just like the two panels that I, I I loved of those, which is them just coming on the sushi conveyor belt and stuff ah, yes. and going smiling, going, Do you get it now, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, well, it's, just, it's, it's just the two panels of the one panel, oh, oh. which is the sound of the conveyor belt. As it's just slowly <laughs> moving to frame. <laughs> the yeah. fantasy life is another, like another of my favorite parts of the series. Like the way they depict love as a battle constantly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like in volume two with all the boxing metaphors, the cod row and the, uh, the other the thing. Ro- the roller coaster. I already forgot. Yeah, the roller oh, yeah. coaster was firing, with, with firing the a bazooka. Yeah, that too. Yeah, like it's such a comic book, and yeah. in the best possible way. Like Hikashimura knows the tools she has. Like she knows what she's good at. Like even just the way she flops between realistic facial expressions and then like a really cartoony one. Mm. Yeah. The yeah, metaphor in this is 
good. But then she also comments on it too, because the assistant uses a metaphor, woman hits an air pocket in her career and she can't move forward. So she's using metaphors on metaphors and then commenting on how good that the metaphor that she came up with is <laughs> in the text of the book in the third volume. And it's like, all right. Yeah, that, sorry. That's more of a second reread thing through for me, honestly, as I, there was so much more I found, like little things like that in this the second time through. I'm not on two and a half times like David is, but yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I loved this book. It was so good. I really enjoyed the metaphor in volume one, page 73, the one where mm. they're all in baseball uniforms in the dugout. And then all the all the girls in twenty something are in the field, oh, yeah. and it's like, but here we are in our thirties, sitting on the bench, watching everyone else play their hearts out, while we run our mouths like we know better than them. Still wearing our uniforms, confident we could join in any time. Then at the bottom of the ninth, with two outs and the bases loaded, I stepped up to plate to do a pinch hit. Since I've been waiting so long, I stepped up to the bat, believing I'd be this big hero who turned the game around with a home run. And then she whiffs it, and it says Rinko. The, the mill says. What if your swing's gotten a lot lower since you're 20 and you haven't played for so long? You've lost your edge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, I, I, that's a really biting metaphor. Yeah. You know, like when you're like, you can be in your thirties, right? And you're like, ah, these girls in their twenties, they don't know shit about love. You know, yeah. I've been through it all and I'm, I'm cool. You know, I'm in my thirties and I figured out this game. <laughs> and then we realize, oh, the game actually, you haven't figured out the game. No. Yeah. Or you're just so wildly out of practice. That... <laughs> yeah. But kind of on a similar note to what Deb was saying, beginning of volume two, page 40, there's the moment where she says, it's already been 10 years since I started complaining about never meeting any men. And it would be much easier if, just like the seasonal recommendations, a good man would be served up to me on a plate. That's another, <laughs> like, for the heart moment. Yeah. Like it's, it's diabolical, I think. Yeah, yeah. Man. You know, then there's the then there's the one night stand where you're thinking like, oh, did I really do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've got to say, those happen in more in my 30s mm-hmm. than they did in my 20s. And now that I'm in mm. my now in my 50s, it don't happen at all. <laughs> 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 so I'm here to tell you, girls who are reading this in your 30s, there is a lot of truth in this. Mm. <laughs> I really appreciate. Chip's point about not wanting to waste someone else's time. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. I don't want kids or to get married. And like, a lot of women my age want both of those things very badly. Yeah. Mm. And so you still want to hang out with people, but you don't want to like lead them on, like Chip was saying. Mm. And yeah. this book actually has a pretty cool perspective on that kind of thing where it's like, there's no right or wrong decision as long as you're making the best one for yourself, the one you feel good about. You know, it, there's no path you have to follow so much yeah. as like following your heart and finding a way to be happy and trying to have as little collateral damage as possible. Yeah, well, that's, that's the big, that's, that's key. To say. <laughs> the lack of collateral damage is really important. And we see how that plays out with one of the best friends relationships with the married dude, where mm-hmm. it's just like in this volume, they are still seeing each other occasionally and it plays out over the rest of the series. But I think like, yeah, everyone has to make good decisions for themselves, but maybe a good decision for you isn't necessarily the best decision for somebody else. So all mm-hmm. you can do is be honest when you go into these things. It's really tough, actually. It, I like the, That's one of the things I guess I like about it as well, is that it's complex. It doesn't present any easy answers whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Even when it shows like her friends 
yelling cheater at her at him you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah she still has a much more nuanced take on what's going on with him and her and why they're still both there and i think that yeah. that's also rare also so rare i'm also I'm, I'm fascinated by that relationship and what she gets out of it and the weird kind of like maternal role she takes with him oh like there there's the the amazing page where it's like this big revelation with like the biggest text that you could have, the biggest point you could have, where she goes, the way he called it tasty, the way he started his Odin with a hard-boiled egg, he's absolutely my type. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to go outside to do that because she can't react. Yeah. She's totally still yeah. faced about it. <laughs> it's like, it's like is, it a, is it trying to will something into being? Is it just low standards? Is it just such a weird specificity? Like, There's so much going on with that character. Mm-hmm. And and her reasons for entering into this and her reasons for staying in it, yeah, yeah, it's super fascinating. Like I nothing, first... nothing straightforward in this in this yeah. book, yeah, which I appreciate. Chip, how did you read this? Did you read it one volume a day? Did you spread it out? Did you binge it all at once? Um, essentially, a volume a day. It was like half a volume a night, really. Mm. In bed. When you finished the first volume, did you think that her two best friends? would get the same kind of character development that they ended up getting. Because I reread that today, and I was like, that first volume, it seems like it's going to be the Rinko show. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the best mm-hmm. friends are just there as cheerleaders or or like a Greek chorus sort of a situation. But they get really developed as this, as by the end of volume I, three. They're characters. I, I assume they would, only because mm-hmm. she's clearly building them up as characters. And because they're going through the same thing, of course they're going to... Mm-hmm. Have their own encounters. I, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe like one of them hooks up with Key or something like that. But like, but something mm-hmm. would happen to to kind of enhance their stories because mm-hmm. it is very clear that the creator is very good at their job, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and and they're not gonna they're not gonna be wasted as just like this chorus because you don't need a chorus because you've already got the chorus of the cod sperm and the liver <laughs> yeah. in her head, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm like looking at the part where how she met that guy, and it's the way that it, he comes into the story is hilarious. It's like she runs out to the store to get some ingredients. She comes back, the pub's empty, and her friends say, "We found a man," and they're like, "What?" And it's like, "Yes, there was a cockroach in the pub. We need a man to kill it." And it's like that's the reason why you grabbed this guy. Go ahead, Mister, take care of it. <laughs> he says, "Well, yeah, there's a there's a pub. Of course, there's cockroach." She grabs it and she goes, "Whack, whack, 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 whack." She goes done it's like <laughs> she totally yeah. didn't need the guy and he goes like sorry have a beer in the house <laughs> <laughs> that's right there's usually no roaches here if there were we wouldn't be here <laughs> that's a spirit it's, mister uh, <laughs> it's really good economy of storytelling because they bring a man to her and she's like i don't need a man to do this thing that's a male thing i've got this taken care of for myself mm-hmm. but she still falls for him and it's because he maybe seems a little soft and maybe needs a little help sure she goes into her motherly role and i don't think it's creepy because it could definitely go that way i think it's just that's who he is and that's the kind of person she is and so this is why maybe he that's perfect for her is because she thinks she doesn't need anybody and so you get this guy who seems like he's a little damaged and then there's a lot of space there for her to move into suddenly that really works i think that that's such good storytelling and so rare you know what i mean because it's so subtle man and it wasn't like they grabbed him to to fix her up with her it's not mm-hmm. like the two girls say, oh, that's her type. We're going to bring them in. It was purely mm-hmm. accidental. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of lovely. 
And then, so they're I mean, ju- they're just as blown away as like when she texts him, is he's my type, and like. There's some moments like where they're drinking beer and you're like, glug, 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 glug. Oh, I love that mm-hmm. about this book. <laughs> yeah. It's so charming. So human, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at this moment Chip mentioned where Koyuki goes outside and is kind of internally screaming about finding a guy that's her type. <laughs> yeah. And there are so many like shoujo manga tropes in this bit, but then also horror manga. <laughs> and it's just so cartoony that it feels like someone's telling the story at like 60 miles an hour. You know, <laughs> like it's not like a sedate like study of romance or like you know here's how my choices affected my love life it's like no we are going <laughs> full speed all out no stops uh, uh, the more i look at that page the more i realize how perfect it is like even yeah. the fact like their expressions looking at their phone just so intense and in the background just this milk toast dude just going munch munch just yeah. <laughs> way the top six. but it's the bedazzled phones yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the part where it's like, he called her gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. We yeah. have an emergency. That guy is just my type. <laughs> I admire capable women like that. It's just, he said capable women are his type. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both saluting, you know, it's like, they're thinking, <gasps> it was actually heartbreaking the moment that you see the Facebook update of his wife having the second kid. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I, you, you, he's married, you know, that's, that's lousy and that's a complication, but like, but hiding that is just like, Oh, that's just, that's the step too far. Like there's just no justifying that even though he yeah. tries and like, you know, his excuse of like, but women only post, you know, the best things on Facebook. You don't see, you know, the bad parts of, of life there. I'm like, well, that is true. But, like, I start to fall for it a little bit like, as he mm-hmm. explains it. I'm just like, oh, that is, yeah, okay. Maybe there's something else wrong there. I'm like, well, no. Like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm, he's making his choices and she's making hers. Yeah. And but I think I he's making those choices dishonestly so she can't make... Informed choice. choices. Yeah, informed choice yeah. Sorry, relation. But, but it did all come out, right? Like, she's already well, fallen for him, so she tricked him. He tricked her a little, for sure. But yeah, like, yeah. She no, stays. she's just, she's, yeah, I know, but it's after, like, she's discovering things. He's not volunteering them. Like, he's hiding That's, them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you know, uh, uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but like, like, she got completely <laughs> tricked. But like, there yeah. was, I think she was in for one thing. Like she thought that when she, when the husband said like, Oh, we live separately. This is fine. I think she thought like, okay, fine. This is like a separated man, but having a kid together is both a relationship complication. And also maybe like, he's not being as truthful as he should have been. Yeah. Like I, I understand. Right. Oh, yeah, he should have been more upfront. Like that's, yeah. that's yeah. there's no discussing. I, I, I understand in dating. Like I, when, when, when I was uh, young and, and, and sexy and dating, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't lead with my inherent trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, that's not a first date thing. I want to get them to the point where they like me enough that when I do tell them about my inherent trauma, that they'll stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And that's kind of what this situation is, except he's not volunteering the information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're discovering it. And it's much worse than, you know, 
I I need to wear a diaper in bed, which, <laughs> what I, which is my inherent trauma. Well, they do talk about that as well. Like, have sex with the guy on the first date before you're too attached, so you find out if he's got any weird the, shit going the, on. The weird fetishes, yeah. I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, you won't find that out in the first time, like, which is also another good point. Like, you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are the kind not of, like, like, dodgy relationship advice you get from magazines sometimes. And, yeah, yeah. And your yeah. friends, and it just kind of leads you down the path, the short path to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoilers, we'll see that play out. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's there's six more volumes of this to go. That's the other thing. Yeah. I can't believe this is nine volumes, and they actually printed nine volumes of a contiguous Jose series in North America. Like, that's bonkers but to me. Isn't that yeah. interesting, right? Because this is like, like, everyone talks about how Jose manga is hard to sell in America, right? But this mm. one actually seems to have gotten a lot of buzz people talked about it people liked it men like it women like it didn't it win an eisner i think it did yes really 2019 yeah won the manga eisner which is manga in the occasional manhwa eisner category which is just the worst category but it did win so good for them good for akiko higashimura but so i want to talk about the the advice because sometimes i'm on board sometimes i'm not on board with individual advice that's being given either Mm -hmm. through the omniscient narrators the fantasy characters that are supposed to be your, her conscience that are you know whatever but at the end of the day there's so much advice in this book oh yeah <laughs> and i don't i don't know how i would feel about it as someone who was interested in getting together with people for the folks who are single in our coffee clutch here how do you feel about this advice like is it like i gotta pick and choose i can't trust any individual character every all the time or is there one character you identify with is it all just like actually if i take any advice from this it's a nightmare like what are you it's all situational i think you think so yeah because the last place i would go to for relationship advice is a comic book (laughs) like i think this is still like first and foremost entertainment I mean, I would go to a, a book book, something like Just the Tips on sale now from Image Comics, which has great thank relationship you. advice. Yes, thank you. But this is entertainment, <laughs> like first and foremost. Yeah. So it's not going to be, it'll be resonant, but not necessarily true. You know, like, yeah. what is it? Truthy, I guess is the word. Yeah, it's truthy. So I'll find things that I might identify with or things that are kind of in the ballpark of where I'm at. But because the situations are different, the most I can do is go like, okay, this is the decision this person made. How does it affect my life? But I don't think there's actually a lot that's actionable, except because she spends so much time yelling at her readers. So much time. But a lot of it kind of comes down to trusting yourself, communicating clearly, and being honest with yourself. Yeah. Which is, I think being honest with yourself is like actually probably the hardest part. Deb, what, what did you think? Yeah. I was looking at the 146 in volume two. Okay. And that one was like, it says, it says, I'm just a loser. I'm quietly watching my best friend start a relationship that can only end in tears. What if he leaves his wife? What if he marries me instead? Past what if? We're just unstoppable. What if women? We know that, but we just can't quit. We can't quit dreaming. We can't quit drinking and complaining. We can't quit being women. Even if we wanted to, we just can't. And I thought, oh, wow. You know, like, I think... Um, compared to you know, like like David, you were saying like you don't read a lot of romance comics or mm-hmm. not not had a lot of romance stories in in your reading history. Girls, on the other hand, that's maybe fifty percent of our diet. <laughs> you know, in, yeah. In reading wise, from like when you're a, a 
and adolescent, you kind of graduate from the Harlequin stuff, right? Where there's the happy endings and, you know, the meet cutes and stuff like that. And some people never graduate from those stories because they want the happy ending. They want the, the, the non-complicated, yeah. wonderful, oh, everything worked out in the end and good people get rewarded for being good. So people, there's a whole freaking cable channel. Like the Hallmark <laughs> Network, okay? The whole yeah. effing cable channel of just those types of stories. When you want that little, that little fix of dopamine that says, "Yeah, sh- real life is shit, but there, there's love can win in the end." Oh my god! And there are there are rich cowboys out there just waiting to be seduced by an ordinary person, an ordinary but smart girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as you can tell by my voice and my gestures. I don't watch that channel. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. It's bullshit. (laughs) Akiko Higashimura's great mix of, you know, hard truth, but weaving together with humor. And I think is a really potent and addictive mix. You know, like Mm -hmm. she, she, she's really frank about the fact that she got married. She got divorced. She had a kid. She wrote a manga about being divorced and raising a kid. Mm -hmm. If you like read, Princess Jellyfish, for example, and her her afterwards, like she, how she met her current husband. Her current husband looks really cool, but he's actually a, a Gundam nerd, <laughs> you know. And they just kind of they like he looks really cool, but then you know, like secretly he's a nerd, and we yeah we're together. That's so matter of fact and funny. It's mm-hmm. delightful. Yeah, I just like this combination because like the the fact that it's not predictable, right, makes it like as you were saying, Chip, an engaging read. You don't know what's going to yeah. happen next. You don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be a happy ending or not happy ending or something's going to happen. Or like the way that she sets it up with like that guy who runs the bar that has the movie theme. He seems perfect. And then slowly it starts to chip away. It's like, oh, maybe he's not. Yeah. Maybe he's not the right guy. And these are the kind of realizations you have when you're dating, right? Mm-hmm. You get all excited mm-hmm. about, oh, you're like, oh, his profile. He sounds perfect. Oh, we talked. We're, we click so much. And then day three, four, five, I don't know. You go, oh my God, no. <laughs> it's like, is gaining. that a diaper he's wearing? <laughs> you know, it's like, there's this point, like when you start, if you, if you go through that so many times, you think, when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah, for sure. And you think, when is this going to all fall to pieces? When are, when are we going to figure out that this is going to be horrible? And then there's like in this book too, you think, wait a minute, maybe I'm the horrible one. Maybe I'm yeah. the one who's messing this all up. Hmm. It's tough. It's, like, it's, it's that quote from Justified. You know the one, right, David? You ever hear the saying, you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole, you run into assholes all day, you're the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> a few pages after uh, Deb's moment on page 146, the... You know, we know that, but we just can't quit. Something happens that the, I love about this book where the mascots say what you're thinking sometimes or like mm. directly call you out. Mm. Yeah. Because they're like, what if we asked you this? Why don't the three of you ever approach men yourselves? And she's like, well, and then they just go, because you're old. And it's just downhill from there. <laughs> you know, because they keep. Like I think Higashimura identifies like a thing that people do. It's like I don't want to approach me. I'm too old for it. I need you know this, this, and this for these reasons. And she's like, okay, that's cool. But here is the other side of that. 
Like if you don't do this, then X won't happen. If you don't do Y, then Z won't happen. Like you have to, you know, both be vulnerable and also accept someone else's vulnerability. Yeah. And yeah, just unpredictable. Like even setting aside like any kind of unfamiliarity with the genre, like just the twists and turns, the choices the characters made, the people they met, and kind of the way those relationships go. Like the movie guy stuff ended up being so funny and sad to me in the end. Mm. Yeah. We don't want to spoil it too much. Yeah, don't, don't spoil it. You're going to read this one. Yeah, yeah. Not the book, but like, yeah. it's, mm, let's just say in the first three books, she introduces a love interest for each of these characters that seem to want love, seem to say that they want love. And each mm-hmm. one of them is immediately flawed in a huge way. One of them is married. <laughs> one of them is an ex that is does not have his shit together. One of them is just a straight up asshole. Yeah. So now we're going to introduce another love interest and we maybe find that sometimes the assholes aren't always clear or maybe no one's an asshole and maybe that still is, you know, will work, won't work. Like who knows, but like you still have to go, you have to put yourself out there and it's hard. It is hard. And yeah. yeah. This yeah. metaphor, this getting back in the ring metaphor just to get mm-hmm. beaten up is just battlefield. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. The battle, like the literal battlefield, like. Like yeah. that moment where she says, oh, I mean, like when he confronts her, he says, you told people about us sleeping together? You're the worst type of person, right? And then mm-hmm. there's that scene where she says, oh, I forgot the rules of the battlefield, you know? My knees, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I forgot, you know, like I messed up. Like she knows it. Yeah. And she forgot the rules because they're all unwritten and made up. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like it's all a trick. Like that's the. <laughs> yeah, they're all narrated to you by liver and cod sperm. <laughs> yeah. No, but she just got used to this rhythm of like, I'm a single woman. I'm a success. I'm a TV writer, and I don't need men. I can just hang out mm-hmm. with my friends and drink. And we're going to hang out at this pub because a pub is cheap and good. Yeah. And who needs to go to some fufu restaurant with pasta and wine when that's so damn expensive? Mm-hmm. Right. Like she's yeah. like they're being super practical. And yet, being self-defeating at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a woman, the the one scene that killed me was the one where they they get dressed up, they go to the the marriage meetup, and all the guys look completely plain and old. And then they go, <laughs> "Well, that's okay because maybe we're the most glamorous women here." And then all the girls are young and pretty. And they're like, Poof! like oh, <laughs> shot to the was heart. That the word balloons <laughs> puncturing their heads. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> this is who you're fighting for, and you don't want them. And this is who you're fighting against, and you're going to get wrecked. Yeah, you have yeah. no chance. <laughs> that was one of those sequences in the first volume that just sealed it for me. It was just like, oh, this is a brutal mirror being held up to these characters, and maybe the people reading it too. Like, I feel yeah. like, mm-hmm. like after you see after the second volume, I guess, when it's the bonus material for the sort of the big bonus material for the first time. And you see people writing in talking about, Oh my God, this is a horror manga. How could you write this? What are you doing? (laughs) And you realize that like, yeah, everyone has these moments. Everyone thinks this, but maybe this is just not something that's discussed in the same way that I feel like I've never heard of a single mom divorcee mangaka before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She's putting it out there and it's the same thing as maybe key. She's walking the walk as she talks the talk about sharing things and about being herself and like whatever. And then she just subtly undermines that in the third volume as well, where she goes into this whole tear about no one should be at these fruit restaurants. This is a stupid waste of time. And, <laughs> yeah. and then it's just like the next page it flips to and you see it's all in her head because 
even though she thinks these things and she put them into manga, she still can't always talk to other women. Yeah, yeah. She gets embarrassed around them about her like deeply held beliefs. So she'll make like a nine volume manga series yelling about it. <laughs> yeah. But she won't just tell her friend, I don't really like this restaurant. And that was like <laughs> so humanizing as well. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that yeah. was great. I was going to ask you, Chris, because you brought this up as why you wanted us to read three volumes, despite feeling guilty about inflicting that upon Chip. <laughs> he um, didn't feel was guilty. You, volume three has the av- advice at the end with actual yeah. people writing in. Yeah. You want to dig into that a little bit? Yeah. So fo- folks who don't know, Chip used to write an advice column That's called true. Bad Advice. Extremely or, bad advice. Extremely <laughs> bad advice for a nationalish newspaper. <laughs> nationalist. Sorry, I meant to say nationalist. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's maybe <laughs> that fair these way days. Worse. Yeah, nationalish newspaper called the National Post in Canada. You should hear the people in BC complain about it. By the way, yeah, and it's just like <laughs> it's it had a great art section, but like I when I was thinking of things like what's r- really going to resonate with Chip. I know he likes Jose. He really liked, even though we're adults. He actually liked Blank Slate a lot, which was the previous Akiko Hishimura. We just we read a couple of episodes. Like Canvas. Like Canvas. Like Canvas. Thank you. Sorry. And yeah, this one's about like this one just turns into an advice column to the point where by the last volume, I think it's like sixty percent advice in the back, and then like forty, <laughs> like forty percent the end of the story. Like it's crazy how many advi- pages of bonus material are given to the point where they actually released a standalone volume that's just advice in comics format well, that's, from reader characters. That's, so like, yeah, Chip, this is your book. Well, that's kind of what happened with Sex Criminals with Matt and I, because the letters page just kind of took on a life of its own, and people would write in with like all their sex stories and asking advice (gasps) and stuff, and like, we're like, okay, I guess that's what this is now. Like, yeah, (laughs) when something resonates, that's what happens. Mm. Did it? Did that part of it work for you? Did you like that part of it as something that was something that you participated in? I was happy that Matt was the number one on the call sheet. You know, uh, okay. he would dig in deep and talk about his own personal history and mental health and, and, and struggles he would have and relationships and things. And I could I could come in and for the most part, add the joke at the end mm. for each letter or once in a while I would talk about something genuine, but, you know, pretty rarely. And even, you know, my, my advice column for the paper, like, you know, that was kind of done in character. So that mm. makes it a lot easier. Does this make you want to write a new advice column in comics format? <laughs> no, it makes me want to be better at the comics that I'm working on. Oh, okay. oh. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, that's not so bad either. I mean, but, but like when I was reading, cause like, so I'm, I'm doing a comic about comics called public domain right now. And I was struggling with the idea of introducing magic realism in it. Mm-hmm. And if people would be like, oh, another comic with magic realism, but I'm like, oh, but if it's done well, maybe I can get away with it. And like looking at this, and like kind of the the imaginations of the characters and you know the the chorus of the the cod sperm <laughs> and, it the liver. Me, and the liver it, it makes me kind of think like oh maybe i I can actually like devote more space and time to thinking about that kind of stuff within my own comics and and just so many great little weird scenes, like mm-hmm. when she does meet the guy at the end. And he rushes to give her the business cards, and it kind of rains the cards down on her. <laughs> That's so like, beautiful. I love it's, it's, it's beautiful and cute, and just like it's just something. It's not the first instinct, right? And and that's yeah. the thing I think a lot of creators struggle with is you have your first idea and you write it out, you draw it out, and you're done for the day. But sometimes you have to be like, 
there's a be- there's going to be a better way to do this. What's the interesting way? Mm-hmm. And you you mine your history, you mine your friends' histories, and the things you've seen and taken in, and try and come up with better solutions. And there's so many great solutions in here, considering you know it's a book about you know three girls that you know meet in a pub. There's still a variety of settings and interesting scenarios that that keep it engaging. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I watched yeah. the Tezuka documentary that Deb mentioned, the the Phoenix episode, the last episode that went up, one of the last episodes that went up. And it was funny because he gets there and he's like he's completed a bunch of pages and he's under deadline and he's running out of time. And his editor comes up and is like, Oh, you actually forgot this plot point. Like he hadn't held it in his mind. So he had done three pages to finish his deadline, which he had to throw away <gasps> and then had to go back and redo three pages completely. Oh, and, he, pain. and it's, and he's already on deadline. And it's just like this idea that like in North America, they would have just lettered around that. Like they would have taken the word balloons out and been like, uh, there would have been a fantasy sequence. You got to hit your page count or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was brutal to watch. Like, just like, can you imagine three Tezuka pages that probably got tossed? Like they're not even like in an archive somewhere. I, I think the only common creator I've ever met that worked that way that would like draw out whole sequences to see if they worked and then toss them away is Kazuki Buishi, mm. who did Amulet for, for Scholastic Graphics. He said he probably drew three times as many pages what? as actually made it into the first volume. No. Like he just yeah. kept drawing stuff out to see if it would work and then figuring out a new way to do it, figuring out a new sequence. Yeah, the original version of Amulet, he was telling me all these things that just completely changed like at one point the, the girl the, the little big sister wasn't even the lead character it was the it was the boy and he's like no this is her story so he just threw out everything he had done up to that point and started redrawing yeah. and it's just like that is dedication That's- and that is courage and that is a lot but it's like yeah i think manga and scholastic graphics kind of giving you that runway to be able to think about those kinds of artistic decisions whereas people who are under the gun like tezuka it's just like wow i guess i'm just going out going without sleep for another five hours to get three more pages done and then you die at you know 60 which is terrible i i i i really feel what you're saying chip that's really (laughs) tough one of the hardest parts about comics if you want to talk about horror that documentary was a horse (laughs) absolutely (laughs) mind-blowing like i knew he was a workaholic i just didn't know how much it's yeah. the documentary, the NHK documentary that came with Helen McCarthy's book on Tezuka. I think about how people make comics and how, like, if you're a Kiko Hikoshimura and you can, you have assistance and you have you have a paycheck, you have real time, and you can make these kinds of changes and think about these kinds of things. Like, that's nice. It's one of the reasons why I say that, like, you know, less and less and less like real every year. But like, we get the best of what comes out of Japan. But there's maybe. There used to be a hundred times more published in Japan for manga every month than we would ever get, and now that number is shrinking all the time. But like Higashimura, it's pretty easy to see why she's sort of at the top. Yeah, she's just really good, really, really good. Did this give you more context for blank canvas now after reading this chip? No, I don't think so. I don't know what I would. Oh like. no! Just that the fact that she's actually a really good manga artist. <laughs> And <laughs> she grows into a really good manga artist. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. My my brain is not working right now because I'm I'm just putting it together that this is the same person. Oh my god! Yeah. 
because this is so, a so now 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 parts of the conversation make a lot more sense to me. Nice. <laughs> I think this is the, this is the first time we've actually read two books by one creator and having done it very close to each other. So yeah, it's funny. Like this feels a lot more natural, like in terms of like style than blank canvas. Mm. Like it feels like different artists, mostly because blank canvas. I think. She was telling a different kind of story. She used different kind of techniques. Mm-hmm. Whereas whereas this, the style kind of suits it a lot more. It's more kinetic. Yeah. Compared to blank canvas, I think. Like lots of like the hair in Tokyo Tower Raven Girls is really well drawn pretty much throughout. Yeah. Oh, and a so lot good. of it's in motion, like someone whipping their head like during a conversation or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, huh? <laughs> the connection I made to blank canvas was like I had forgotten just, I kind of knew how mean she was at the back of the book when she was talking to her readers, but it's like, oh, that's not mean. It's tough love. Like the kind of tough love she got from her asshole art teacher in blank canvas. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my it's God, true. it's all coming together Woo. now. Did not occur to me when I was reading blank canvas. I had to go back and read this and be like, oh, it's exactly the same kind of tone. Like, I'm going to whip you into shape, whether you want me to or not. Like, you think you want advice, but mm-hmm. here's what advice means. And it's physical. Like, and she goes the same route of like physical punishment to her characters <laughs> with all these like war and boxing metaphors where they're just getting like they get beat up in the ring, you know? So I thought that that was probably the biggest connection for me is like, oh, you really grew into the kind of person that your art teacher was. And this is just like how you let out that same sort of I'm going to whip you into shape rage. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, because coddling you won't won't get you what you want, right? Telling you that you're right. No. <laughs> no. Nope. I, I, I think. Self-care is the name of the game at the beginning of this book. And then it's like, no, it's, it's, it's inflicted trauma is actually what's going to get you to where you want to be. <laughs> you can't just sit there drinking all night. Eh, maybe you can. Nice. I hope, I hope all the characters decide that actually sitting there drinking all night with their girlfriends is what they really want out of life. I'm and here I to tell you as a 50 something year old woman, if you do that, you're, you're going to find the weight hard to lose later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It ain't pretty. The, that is the curse of beer and pub snack. Um, sorry, I, I this is just out of nowhere, but I, I was just looking it up here. My one of my favorite parts was the bonus stories in the third volume, the manga artist that writes into her. Oh yes, yes. And, she, and you know, the question basically is: Is marriage an impossibility for me? T dash 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 M I I dash 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 D A, and then the, the the page flip reveal. It's great to hear from you, Takumi Ishida. <laughs> that was brilliant. I love that. Just just yeah. pages, just like just so good. Oh, just just ruining her, selling out your and best then friend. Drawing her likes. house is oh. such a. <laughs> it's so funny. This character, this artist with the hair like that, she shows up, I think, in later volumes of Blank Canvas. as a, mm. Like, she's literally her friend, and her manga is actually published by Kodansha. It's a Jose manga. It's a very odd Jose oh, really? manga, but yeah, you should check it out. Uh, I so funny. Kind of, I'm going to put that in the show notes, because I don't know what that is, but I really want to read like what this person's manga is now. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I think I read it, but I'm not sure, but I think it was something about a girl, like a girl who has a hard time having sex or something like the guy's penis is too big or something. Oh, is that the It's oh. Too Big manga? Oh, that was a big deal. I will need to read so, that. <laughs> I forget, but it's it's a very uh, it's not a, it's not your typical relationship manga. Let's put it that way. It's yeah, very okay. grown up. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Yeah, Ooh. now you're prepared. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I was going to mention this too. I have this thing where I, I fall in love very easily. I fall in love uh, with talent so often, mm. and it's 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 always been a problem of mine. And so, reading through this, I like I fell in love with the creator. I'm just like, oh, and I just started to have these like idle fantasies of just like. Oh, if we met and we hit it off, and I don't know, maybe I leave my wife and she has a kid or whatever, and like maybe you know, like it's it's such a dumb thing that my brain, but it's such a dumb thing my brain does. But then it, but then the funny part is it went to the next step, which was no, I could never be with her. She's too insightful. She'd see right through me. (laughs) She she cut me down. There's I wouldn't be able to get it within a hundred feet of her. Amazing. And worse, she'd make a comic about you after. I know, I know. It's just like... <laughs> oh, she wouldn't even make a comic about you? You'd be like a throwaway panel in the back of one of her other oh, comics? and you'd snap. Just, That'd be even worse somehow? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've actually got... I, I know one of her editors, and she's like... He is. He's like, oh, this is when we went to Korea for an event. She bought us all matching leather jackets, and it's like a picture of the three of them in matching leather jackets with <laughs> Korea. And she's the coolest looking lady I've ever seen, and it's just brutal. Like oh. it is brutal. Oh, that's Loved amazing. It. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I well, gratefully, I don't have a copy of that. He just showed me on his phone, so it's not going into the show notes. You're gonna have to trust me. Higashimura <laughs> is super cool. She's a really nice oh, but lady. there is a Monben episode that maybe you can link to. Oh yeah, right. She's on an episode of Monben, which is great. Uh, Monben uh, is Naoki Urasawa's documentary series about mangaka and how they work and the work that they make. It's oh, like, I, I, sorry. Yeah. I, I, this is just like no. This is sorry. This is just me noticing something. Uh, you, you talked about her like basically being her, her sensei at the end. She's wearing the outfit. Yeah. Oh yes, the, the tracksuit. <laughs> I, track I, I didn't. I didn't make that connection. She, whenever she does her self portrait, I think since Princess Jellyfish, like she's had that yeah. outfit. At like her, ye- her yelling at her friends in the cafe, or imagining herself yelling at her friends. That's while true. It's the exact same track outfit. <laughs> like, boom, 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 boom. sorry, I didn't mean to. No, that's hilarious. But I just like it just hit me. <laughs> we all loved this book. We could talk about it indefinitely, and maybe we will. Maybe like BL Metamorphosis, Chip will make us go back and read more at a future date. We'll see. Yeah. But can I get some closing thoughts from everybody on this this title? Not me, since I went first. Oh, I was gonna say we we started with David. So let's start with David. <laughs> nice try. Oh, yeah. You did actually start with Deb, and then Deb passed the buck, so I think maybe it's Deb's turn. Okay. Closing thoughts. Yeah, I'm really thrilled that you guys all love this so much, um, especially since it's it's brutal. <laughs> mm. I guess sometimes the stereotype is that romance comics are not enjoyable for men to read, and I'm really delighted to hear that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I, I, she's one of my favorite creators. So I'm glad to hear that you guys liked her a lot too. The content in this this book is quite unique. We were talking about little like normally we recommend American comic like this, and I was stumped. I just couldn't come up with something that was just this great mix of drama, romance, humor, just and just kinetic energy, and being so relatable and real without yeah. being I don't know predictable and boring mm. it was really it's really fun and so if, if you normally think i don't like romance comics if you normally think i'm not jose manga whatever check it out you might be surprised yeah chip how about you <laughs> <laughs> well played really david go well yeah. played my final thoughts 
I wish the creator could love me, but I know she won't be able to because she's too smart and she'll see right through me. Those are my final thoughts. And also that this this has jumped to the top of my manga explaining list. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. Great. I'm a little afraid to meet this character this creator. I gotta say. I don't I'm a little bit intimidated because I don't really get that way. Even with like my heroes, I'm usually pretty nice to meet them. I'm pretty like chill about it. But it's just like, yeah, she gives off this vibe like she's so insightful that like I would be too uncomfortable to be honest with or normal with her. I would I would start to get so like uptight about it that I would start to make mistakes on purpose. You know what I mean? So that's that's intimidating. That's talent right there. I would be as unassuming as possible. So hopefully she forgets me after I leave, just in case. <laughs> yeah. I I know I would go the opposite way. I would just be all in. I would try and turn on the charm <laughs> to a million and I I want her to like me. Even if it kills me. <laughs> David, any last thoughts? It's finally your turn. You want the yeah. final word? No, this is great. Like, totally one of my favorite comics. Great cartooning. Great emotional resonance. I like the ending, which is rare for a lot of books for me, I think. Like, I feel like she really stuck the landing. Oh, really? Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. And just the twists and turns made me reflect on my life in a way that made my life better even though i wasn't necessarily like taking advice from you know cod sperm and liver oil (laughs) (laughs) but no this is like genuinely must reading i think yeah like it's got such a broad appeal it strikes so many different chords and all the things i talked about liking are actually in volume four so look forward to that chip all right all right yeah great (laughs) i noticed that i wasn't gonna say anything yeah it's it's great. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna end this in a different way. As Deb said, we all t- kind of tried to think about what this what a good North American recommendation would be before the podcast started, and we couldn't really come up with anything. Readers, if you're out there and you liked Tokyo Tetradeva Girls, it's been out for a few years now, and you think that there's something by an American creator that compares, let us know. We'd be happy to show those in the share those with people, maybe on Twitter or socials or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that has been Tokyo Tetradeva Girls Volumes One to Three. We'll be right back. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. And we are back from the break. Thanks so much for sticking around. We're not going to do Q&A this week because we're running a little bit long, but keep sending in your questions to mongexplaining at gmail.com or on Twitter or on Facebook or comments on the show notes. I'm reading all those. Instagram, show up at Chip's house. Sure. Just leave it in the mail slot. It's fine. Whatever. We appreciate your questions. But we are picking new books this week. and. I am very excited because mine isn't a book. (gasps) What? Rather than make anyone else go first, because that did not work out very well in the first half, I'm just (laughs) going to say one of the titles we've been most requested to review on the social medias lately is a one-shot manga that came out a few weeks ago. 
few months ago now, maybe. And because I made you read <laughs> three volumes this week, which you were thrilled by, luckily, you didn't have to read three books of a book you hated. I wanted to give you a short one. So this week, the title is Look Back, and it's a one-shot by Tatsuki Fujimoto. It's a Shonen Jump title, so it's on Shonen Jump and Manga Plus, which I assume you have your subscription by now on that, so you can go and read it for free. Chipper? Uh, probably. Probably. I, I don't know. I, I get emails about <laughs> things I don't understand, so probably. Probably. It's a one-shot, and it's about making manga, and it's about somebody who is really good at making manga in grade four, or fourth grade, sorry, for our American readers, and grows up making manga and, until they meet someone who's better than them, and how that changes they, how they approach manga, how they approach art in general, and how they approach friendship. And it ends with that person sort of as a grown adult, and it shows sort of their whole life in the manga industry. And it's really good, and it's really poignant, and it'll make you feel feelings and maybe cry even a little bit. And I want you to read it. And it's by the guy who makes Chainsaw Man, which is tonally very different, but also has some nice moments as well. I thought I'd give you like a nice 160-page one shot for a change instead All right. of a five right. volume opus. You know how so to sell a thing. That's I'm doing better. Doing You're doing better. better. That's my pick for this week. Who would like to go next? What's what's it called? Sorry, it's called Look Back. Look uh, Back. It's by okay. Tatsuki Fujimoto. All right. Cool. I can go next because mine's going to take some setting up. I think. <laughs> 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 so this manga is called Raw Hero. It's by Akira <gasps> Hiromoto who used to do Prison School and Me and the Devil Blues. The the story description says, Just remember this. In this world of ours, the first to die are those without guts. A portion of humanity has obtained special abilities and two groups emerge in conflict. On the side of justice are heroes. On the side of villainy are monsters. For Chiaki, however, all that matters is finding work to support his younger brothers. But when a simple train ride to his latest interview takes a perverse turn, his sense of right leads him down an unexpected and uncomfortable path. And so they mention a perverse turn. Basically, he sees a guy groping a lady on a train, which turns out to be role play. And then the guy offers him a job fighting supervillains undercover. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't, we can't actually read that one because I'm doing a very similar (laughs) plot in Spider-Man right now. (laughs) It's a hot mess. It is there's not a lot of nudity, but it's very explicit. Like, <laughs> just extreme 90s Cinemax vibes. But it's really funny. It's very over the top. It's grotesque in a way that I like, just way out of proportion. Uh, and I want to read the first volume so that I can get a three second opinions to find out if I'm a creep or not. All right. But it's published by Yen Press. It's six volumes long. I think the sixth volume is still coming out. But the first volume ends on a... Yeah, it's a pretty wild cliffhanger. I think that we'll have a lot to say about this one. <laughs> All right. Raw Hero, is it? Yeah, Raw, raw hero. hero. All right. David, I just read the first 10 pages, and it is insane. So, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. I love your picks, David, because there's something there's stuff that I would never normally pick up myself. It's, mm-hmm. it's really fun to kind of see what you get turned on to, what, what you see in it, and then getting to see what like yeah, well David, if, what you it, get turned on if to if it's got that david <laughs> brothers hype it's it's gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah there's gonna be so much explaining on this episode <laughs> the best way to explain it is that you know how 
in sitcoms when kids get caught smoking cigarettes, parents are like, oh, smoke this carton. Mm -hmm. It's like that for sex appeal. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's like that for superheroes. Oh, you like superheroes so much? Here's your pervert suit. Get out there and beat up a guy. (laughs) Scared straight, (laughs) man. It feels like it might be as well. Cool. Wow. Yeah. What have you got for us? You got to bring good us luck. home. Good luck, Deb. I feel like we we went through this period where we, we did all these girly women, female, feminine stories. And now mm-hmm. we, are, we are turning the dial back to the M side, the <laughs> testosterone-driven side. I am going to continue that trend because mm. I, I believe in this pick. It is a manga about Vikings. And it is in a beautifully drawn manga about Vikings, and it's called Vinland Saga. It's by mm. Makoto Yukimura. Basically, it starts out where this young boy, long ago in the era of the Vikings, he he meets Leif Erikson, who is this old man now, but he's this legendary like navigator. He tells him all these stories about these travels he's been on, and he has this wonderful life until his father and his uh, gets killed by a mercenary, and he becomes so bent on vengeance, he joins the mercenaries' crew, determined to find an opportunity to kill him. So this whole story is a lot about this young man's journey from innocence to being innocence to anger, and then trying to find his way back to understanding the meaning of peace and maturity. But it's also beautifully drawn, historically interesting and accurate. And just full of these incredible action scenes. Like there's this one scene where the the mercenary guy, he's such a badass, he punches a horse. Like, <laughs> like I saw this the horse punching scene. I thought, holy crap, what is this? Hey, Yatsuba's done so, that too. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Deb, but are any of these Vikings Because if they're not, I don't know. They, they, How are you going to beat David's pick? Yeah, Not it's tough, you know. One, but Deb's it, pick is really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's definitely some sexy time, but it's not right. as sexy as David's. Hmm. All right. Sorry. Not the first time that sentence has been said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one that, like, every time I think, it's one of those manga that I do recommend to people who normally don't read a lot of manga because, one, it's really well done. It's really well drawn. And two, it's a really accessible, interesting subject. And even if you think you know about Vikings, you really don't. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. I a lot of screenshots out of Vinland Saga when I was reading through it the first time. I, I've seen it mentioned a lot, just in the, the manga explaining Twitter oh, yeah. feed. Well, this is a hard one. I'm going to go with Raw Hero as my number one pick. Nice. Only only because it's it feels quite different than anything we've done before. Chris's is next because he sold it on the shortness of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which unfortunately puts it out in last place this time. But but also I'm I'm really looking forward to Vinland Saga. So they're all three are winners. All three well Yay. presented. Nice. You've all, you've first all time done a long great time. Job. I didn't I didn't lose, so that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, there's always I'll next I'll gladly week. share the victory with all of you. Though. Yeah, that's nice. A solid silver, Chris. A solid silver. I'll take silver. <laughs> the Vinland Saga is two volumes in one, and he only really publishes two volumes a year. So the lit next mm. volume is coming out in o- October 26. So we would all be right. just in time for oh, that. Perfect. Exciting. All right. Nice. Cool. We did, we did it. it. Yeah, it's. 
It's still going to be a long episode, but better than it could have been. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. Although we started putting in those timestamps at the beginning, so at least people can know where to skip to if they really need to. Yeah. <laughs> On behalf of Deb, David, Chip, and myself, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Manga Splaining. This has been Manga Explaining, episode 33. Akiko Higashimura's Tokyo Tereba Girls. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the finale of BL Metamorphosis by Kaori Tsurutani. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop, and you can find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. Or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.